there's no way out I've got to show them what I've become and There's no doubt Got my back to the wall and I'm still hanging on There's no way out I've made my choices where I belong and There's no doubt When the road gets up I keep my head strong Troubles in my life have been all the same With a strain in my mind getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart but it's just a game Gotta get over it, won't go insane Won't achieve anything while I'm down Don't wanna give out my heavyweighted frown I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around Heavens on the ground, now I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change like a change, but getting changed Gonna stay the same with my mind frame rearranged Gonna wash the blue out my mind and my eyes Was I blind in my mind? Cause that was old times Cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision You can even spell my name in optimism Just track the M's and I and the P And then what you're left with is me There's no way out I've got to show what I've become There's no doubt Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's episode of the Zod Ryder Show. You are listening to PSN-Radio.com. I am Zod Ryder, and with me tonight, I have a very special guest, my good friend Dawson Nerdy in many ways. He is here. He has been, him and I have been together on a lot of YouTube podcasts recently in regards to the uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League and various other, uh, you know, DC Comics uh, conversations and it is such a pleasure and an absolute honor to have you here my friend you are awesome welcome to the show <laughs> well i'm glad someone thinks i'm awesome but i appreciate you having me on the show my man it's uh, been a pleasure to work with you so far and uh looking forward to future products i'm looking forward to today's podcast oh yeah absolutely i mean i mean i ever you know from the fir- from the first time that you know i met you and we started and we were doing uh Doing some stuff together, you know, with Prime and Fatal J and and all yeah. other other great YouTubers out there. I, you know, I I instantly was was drawn to you like a magnet. I'm like I'm like nerdy <laughs> in many ways. Is like is is so awesome. And it's like we all we share the we share a lot of the same you know same interests going going into this stuff. And I and I just felt you know felt right at home getting on YouTube and doing, you know, and doing uh, panels with you. And it's just, it's just been such a, such a beautiful and wonderful experience. And so I, I, I couldn't wait to actually get you on here because I'm like, I'm like, man, I, if there's anybody, you know, in recent times that I've wanted, I want to get on here, it was you. So I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm going <laughs> to see if we can make this happen. And sure enough, sure enough, here we are. And this is uh, great stuff. So how have you been, man? What you, what have you been, what have you been uh, thinking about lately? What's, what's the main topic that's on your mind in terms of all this uh, great stuff we're seeing in the uh, area of entertainment? Oh my goodness, did we lose you? I think we did. Well, 
We'll have to we'll have to try again there, ladies and gentlemen. Listening to the Zod Rider show, it appears we uh, technically we lost him there for a moment. Let's see if we can get him back here. Sorry, my internet cut out. Yeah, I, I was I was like, oh my god, we had a we have a we had a technical difficulty quite early on. <laughs> but hey, these things things happen. Uh, what what? So I guess. What what was I asking you? I was asking you what is what's what's your feelings? What's the main topic of excitement that sticks out in your mind with all this great in- entertainment news we've uh, been getting recently? Well, uh, that's a great question. I mean, for those for those of you guys who are listening who are subscribed to my channel, you know that I'm a huge Batman fan. So, of course, the latest uh, news and reports surrounding Ben Affleck possibly reprising his role as the Batman for the DCU has has me really excited. I mean, uh, I'm like a mega nerd when it comes to Batfleck. Like, I have, uh, I think, three different uh, figures in my studio of Batfleck. I have one of them as armored Batman. I have the BVS suit, and I have one in the tactical armor. Like, I, I love me some Batfleck. No homo. But uh, <laughs> but I- I'm really interested in seeing that develop in uh, the DCU if that ends up being the case that, um, you know, he ends up coming back and is involved in the DCU. And just to have Ben Affleck back in general because, you know, so many terrible things were going on with his life and to have him possibly be back is really an exciting thing I'm focusing on. Of course, I mean, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. Zack Snyder's Justice League. I mean, two weeks since it's been announced, I think, something like that. And, you know, it's been freaking fantastic learning about these things, getting all these reports and seeing how, like, the fans are winning this time around. Yeah, it's a strange... It's a. I I I have to say it, it's strange the way the pendulum swings in the other direction. I mean, I feel like for years and years we were in a position where it literally felt like, in many ways, like it was a pipe dream that we would ever see anything like this again. You know, to quote the uh, crappy uh, Ben Fritz Wall Street Journal, the pipe dream of the Snyder Cut, and. <laughs> You know, to see that it it actually became a reality, and it, we're going to get this movie uh, in 2021 if we're all still here by then. It's it's <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, I I mean, as a as a fan, you know, you know, again, there's a lot of you know crazy things happening in the world right now, a lot of negativity right. and things going on in real life, but as a fan, when it comes to this kind of material. I've never been more excited. I mean, I feel like a kid and I feel like it's, you know, 2016 all over again, just before, you know, uh, Batman v Superman was announced at, you know, when Harry Lennox read from the Dark Knight Returns comic yes. book at Comic-Con. I mean, it, it, it's, it's something, it's, it's, it's amazing to see it finally turn. And it, it's a beautiful thing for those of us that have been campaigning and those, and those people in general who are just fans of yeah. the DC universe and the direction that Zack Snyder was attempting to take things. So, I mean, looking at it now, I mean, I, I would not be surprised to see Ben Affleck return. And I, and I would absolutely right. love it because he, to me, is the definitive Batman. I don't think there's ever been anybody else in the role who has, who has transcended it in the in the way that he has and has been so comic book accurate. That's the other thing. We're both right. uber nerds, you and me, okay? And com- and so comic book wise, when you think about it, if you were ever a fan of the comic books, 
Ben Affleck's Batman just jumps right off of the page. Honestly. Exactly. It absolutely does. The way he looks, the way he acts, both as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. And, you know, just the way he fights. Like, I mean, I, everybody keeps referring to the warehouse scene. And a lot of people say, like, oh, it's the only reason you like Ben Affleck's Batman is because the warehouse scene is like, well, that's definitely a part of it. Uh, but that's not the entire picture. Uh, but like like you said, it just comes straight off the comic book page. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the whole, like, the swing of the pendulum and how it's uh, shifted. You know, there was, there was so long where, like, things just weren't going uh, the way of DCEU fans, you know, like for a long time, it looked like Henry Cavill wasn't going to come back and Ben Affleck said he wasn't returning and all these different things were happening. And they're saying like, oh, we're going to restructure things. World of DC is the new name of it. And all these different things were happening. And it's just like, well, OK, well, this sucks. But then now we have Zack Snyder's Justice League announcement. And now it's all of a sudden like, just kidding. Everything is back. We're getting everything under control. Like we're going to restart things. It's like, oh, the, I almost have a little bit of a uh, like um, whiplash from the change in direction and as far as the the news about all this stuff. Well, when you get uh, quotes from Zack Snyder, like paused, not stopped, yes. it's, a, it's a reason for those of us who have supported the release, the Snyder Cut movement, and have been huge, huge fans of his direction to absolutely be rejoicing at this moment. I yeah. mean, when it comes to this. I mean, I I honestly feel like this has been like, the one bright spot throughout this entire, you know, this entire negative chasm of hell that everybody's living through currently, this is the bright spot. This is that. This is that beacon of hope that Superman represents. This is that beacon of hope yeah. that Zack Snyder is trying to give us. Honestly, when you think about the way Zack Snyder is trying to, he's doing a lot right now in terms of providing that hope and ushering it in throughout the fandom. And I, I just, I, I'm so thankful. And like I said, I, I feel like at this point, you know, when we talk about the pendulum, we, I think we owe that all to AT&T. I think oh, AT&T absolutely. is, was deeply ingrained in it and wants to make the fan base happy. And one, one thing that I, think has finally happened is I think AT&T has woken up and seen that they have a fan base. Yes. And that fan base was here for the Snyderverse is going to be diehard supporting the Snyderverse, which is why they're very, very keen to go back to it because they know that this is something that true fans that have been around from the beginning want to see happen. And, you know, and I don't have anything against anybody that is in support of those other movies or the other direction that they were going outside of Zack Snyder. That's fine. Right. You can you right. can like you can like whatever you like. I'm not going to begrudge somebody and crap all over them because they like a certain a, a certain uh, flavor of film. But you can't tell me that Birds of Prey and Shazam were the most successful movies and that the DCEU <laughs> was headed in the right direction with those two movies. Because right. literally, uh, I, literally nobody that I know asked for Birds of Prey. Uh, do, you, do you know anybody <laughs> that really wanted that movie? Because I, I don't. Not in my circle of people that I talk with, but uh, you know, it's a good point you make. I've been telling this to a couple different people through live streams recently about um, you know people saying like, Oh, Zack Snyder's Justice is going to come in and throw off the the groove that DCU was having right now. And I was just like, well, first off, there was no direction. 
like, yeah, we had Shazam, Birds of Prey, and like some people like those movies, and like Shazam's an entertaining one. I, I can give it that. I'm not as huge a fan of it, but like there's some good qualities about it. But like there was no direction. There's no nothing to build up towards. But now that he has Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out, there is something to look forward to. There is a big event that's going to come up, and you can expect more things to happen from that. And again, when you have when you're trying to develop a cinematic universe, whether it be in the form of like MCU or DCU, you gotta have something to look forward to. Whether you build it up in a certain way, that's up to the studio and the way they decided to create the story, that's up to them. We have to have something to look forward to. You have to have something for the fans to be excited about. And with the way the DCU was going, I mean, people are excited for the Batman 2021. I know you're not as much Zod Rider. Um, you know, there were some things to be excited about, but there wasn't like a common excitable goal for these movies to reach if you know what i mean yeah and i I, it's so funny because you see the backlash in the other side of it where you have the fans that are and the youtubers and the mainstream media and everybody that's been dogging you know Mm -hmm. Zack snyder's justice league and literally been attacking us since before you know since before the announcement you know where we got all that crap about how it would never happen and all that other stuff but now it's like the bitterness and the vitriol coming from mm-hmm. all those other sides is just is just astounding to me because it's like they're that bitter that they lost <laughs> that now they write articles where they come off sounding like you know little children throwing temper tantrums because they didn't get their way i mean and and what and and like you and it goes back to what you just said about how None of these movies that were coming out were building towards anything. They didn't right. know what they were doing. They were just throwing anything at the wall to see what would stick. And when you, the problem with doing anything like that is that it's hard to gauge. If nobody knows where you're going, they can't really mm-hmm. be excited. This isn't like the old days where you'd get one, you know, superhero movie. You know, every couple of years or it would you'd get like a you'd get like a Batman movie and then you wouldn't get another Superman, another superhero movie for like three or four years. And you you would just so you'd be super excited for any superhero movie that comes out. We are oversaturated with superhero cinema. Okay. Oh, yeah. These these studios have flooded the market with this stuff. So in order for you to be for you to be able to reach any kind of an audience, you've got to tap into the fan base. You've got to give the fans what they want and you've got to have a direction because I believe that any fan base will get behind you. If you have a direction and and birds of prey and Shazam didn't really have a direction. They were just little sprinkles here and there of, of movies just to try and stay in the superhero cinema genre, but not really, appealing to anybody and so that's why i don't understand the vehement uh hatred that we get for loving the snyderverse because at least no matter how you feel about the snyderverse at least the snyderverse was building towards something you know and was gonna right. give you a, a store a complete story you know zach has an arc a beginning a middle of and an end he has a story he wants to tell that's going to be absolutely cinematic and brilliant and this is something that we appreciate because we're fans, but I just can't. I, the reason I can't understand the other argument is because when you look at the movies that have come out that are technically outside of it, those movies really haven't made any noise. And it's not like 
even right. the people even the people attacking us aren't really fully behind the movies that that they claim to support i mean right i i don't know anybody that went to see birds of prey more than once i yeah. i didn't see birds of prey in the theater i saw birds of prey when it was released on home video i, I rented it through amazon and right. watched it but i you know i wasn't gonna buy it and i wasn't going to uh i had no interest in seeing it in theaters when it came out because at that point i was just so disillusioned by everything dc i think the last uh dc movie that i saw in the theaters was aquaman and it wasn't even because with aquaman it wasn't even because i was really all that hyped up for aquaman the reason i i wanted to see aquaman was because i wanted to show my support to jason momoa because jason momoa has been one of the biggest uh snyderverse fans to ever walk the earth so so when you so to me I felt like it was it was fair to support Jason Momoa and to go see that movie but even Aquaman to me you know fell a little bit flat and I kind of felt like I kind of felt like at that point the DCEU wasn't really going to get better unless we got what we're getting now which is Zack Snyder returning how do you feel about that I can kind of agree. I, I did personally really enjoy Aquaman. I felt like there's a lot of cool – and I, like for you, like you were saying, I, I went to see it because Jason Momoa and you know his support for Zack Snyder. Um, I think my, my favorite thing from that movie is that final shot where he comes out of the water and says, I am Aquaman. I don't know why. That just hit me and I was just like, wow. Okay, I agree with cool. you. That That is probably the greatest shot, the greatest scene in the film. I. You know, and I cannot deny that the visuals in the movie were great. I just felt that the story was kind of lacking a little bit. Yeah, and and I, I and I and I really and like I said, I didn't straight up dislike the movie like I do Birds of Prey. Like I can't yeah. stand <laughs> Birds of Prey. I absolutely hate that movie. So for anybody listening right now who unfollowed me on Twitter and and believed my tweet that I posted <laughs> earlier today, where I was saying. Uh, release the Yan cut. Uh, please remember who you're dealing with here. Okay, I am not. <laughs> I am not a, a fan of that Birds of Prey movie. I, I and you know what? Uh, I I will I will fight tooth and nail for a director's vision. I believe that every director has a right to show their vision, even if it's a movie that I personally don't care for. See, that's the difference right. between people like you and me. And the people on the other side of the spectrum that absolutely hate us and attack us and say that we're toxic and call us the Snyder cult. The people that, quote unquote, reject the Snyder cult are are completely missing the point of everything that we've tried to do and everything that we've accomplished in, you know, throughout the years of being involved with the Snyder cut movement. And just because we don't like the direction that the that, that the. DCEU was going in post Snyder once Snyder's uh, universe got put on pause doesn't mean that we're toxic look I don't care if if you guys like that if you guys like those movies that's great those movies are out there you can watch those movies to your heart content I have no problem with that but I but at the same time I'm not going to turn around and say that you're toxic because you like those movies and you know I like 
I prefer the Snyder first. Film is always going to be subjective. And that's something that right. these people never, you know, these people don't seem to understand. They don't seem to get. You can like whatever the hell you like. And nobody exactly. has a right to tell you that you can't like a certain movie. And nobody should hate on you either because you like a certain movie or you prefer a certain director. Which is why I don't understand the huge divisions among fandom it's like people that don't like the snyder verse take everything that Zack snyder does as a personal slap in the face like Zack snyder is going up to them and spitting in their faces every time he puts a movie out that's the way that they're acting and i and i don't understand it i didn't like kathy yan's bird of prey i'll say it again but i don't hold any personal hatred or grudge against Kathy Yan because I didn't like Birds of Prey. I think right. I think you know just because I didn't like it. I mean, what do I know? I'm just I'm just a film fan like the rest of you. Just because that wasn't my cup of tea doesn't mean that I'm gonna throw shade at you because that's a movie that you enjoyed. Hey, look, you know, I, I, see that's what that's what I don't understand. You know, Dawson, I miss the days. I'm old enough to remember the days where people were allowed to have an opinion. Without <laughs> without the opinion without the opinion being torched, without people getting canceled because of their opinion, right. without without you know you lose friends because of your opinion. I mean, I, I you know I have friends that that I know to this day that I I have I have friends that are um that are 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 deeply and hugely like like political junkies. Yeah. And as you and I were talking about off the air, I, I'm not a political person. I don't like politics. I don't like to involve myself in politics. I have my views on politics, but I don't care to really express them because to me, it, it, you know, your political views are a private thing. However you feel or don't feel, it shouldn't right. be something that you're openly attacking other people about, no matter right. what you believe. So when... So like when my friends and I have for good friend a guy I've been friends with for 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 years and years and he you know one of my closest friends in the whole world and he and you know he's very very political and as soon as he starts talking about you know politics or starts bringing up certain elements of politics and it's a conversation that I don't want to get involved in I just say hey man I got to go <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like it's like there's there's no real you know when it's something that you don't want to that you don't want to discuss or you don't want to be involved in then you just you just move on but what you don't do is cancel your friends because of it you don't say right. oh 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 you don't share my political view well the hell with you then I'm moving on with you I'm moving on and block 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 <laughs> and that's literally the mentality that people have over these superhero movies it's ridiculous it absolutely is and you know you mentioned how uh, you remember a time when people could have opinions so basically you remember a time before twitter basically is what you remember right um you know, before you know people started to get crazy about things and you know you talk about um people getting like personally offended because of Zack snyder's vision and it's like okay but like this is like the nicest guy in hollywood bar none so like For real. I don't understand that. And it's it's funny because I actually read an article today where um I can't remember which uh news company it was, but they interviewed I think it was the CEO. He was basically the CEO of like HBO Max or like one of the companies that was over HBO Max, not now not AT and T, but like I think it's like the distributive company or something like that. 
Um, and he was, they were asking about a bunch of different things, like a bunch of different content. And one of those things that was involved was something about the Snyder Cut. And uh, the CEO ended up talking about like, oh, we have a lot of different projects we're putting out there. So basically you could say we have like multiple multiple Snyder Cuts, meaning like HBO Max, like exclusive things that uh, people are really wanting. And the reporter was just like, well, do you think that's actually a good thing to have multiple Snyder Cuts? And then they talk about like – like you talk about the quote toxicity of the fandom. And it's so funny because everywhere – in every single fandom you go to, there's some there's toxic fans everywhere. I mean Star Wars is experiencing that like tenfold right now. I mean you see fans of Star Wars like trying to cancel people in Star Wars all the time. And I love Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But you do see that side of that fandom in every other fandom out there. And it's sad because like – I don't know. It's just – it's funny because I was on a live stream like a couple weeks ago and I, I think you're on it too. I can't remember if you were on it with us. It was like Fatal J. Um, they also had a Metal uh, Geek I think and we also had Subjective Reviews um, and – I might have been. I, I might have been on it. I, I don't know. We've been, we've been on so many of these together recently. It's, it's hard man. to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Metal Geek pointed out that he was from Portugal and, and uh, we were all the rest of us on the stream were from the United States. And he said, like, yeah, look at this. Two sides of the world connecting. And that's exactly what people in the Snyder Cut movement do. It's the whole world connecting in a time where everything is so divisive. Ev- literally everything you could talk about is polarizing. Just about every single thing. It could be like your favorite uh, candy bar is polarizing at this point. And so to have a, a one cause where people from all over the world can come together in, in unity and like talk about things and have a lot of fun doing it is something that I don't think we've seen for a very, very long time, if ever. I think it's jealousy, to be honest with you. I think mm. the other side on the other side of the coin, it's jealousy because it's like, look at how all these people have mobilized from all over the world in support of one cause over one filmmaker's vision and what they've made, what they've been able to do and how they've raised money for charity and all the thing, good yeah. things they're trying to do. See, this is why we're getting crapped on because really what we're doing is so positive and so good. And it's something that, that they've never, that they've never been a part of there. They've never, they, they can't see it. So they have to look for, you know, they have to look for little gaps and, you know, they want, they want to attribute any time they get attacked by a troll who uses hashtag release the Snyder cut. They want to right. totally indict the entire movement for the actions of that one troll that said something, said something bad to them. And to me, it's like, it's like what you were saying. There's toxicity in fandom everywhere. So you're not right. going to, so you're not going to avoid it no matter what you do. And especially in a group as big as release the Snyder cut, release the Snyder right. cut again, worldwide, huge, Thousands and thousands of members. I mean, you have to. You're, you can't tell me that you're not going to have at least a few that are going to be extreme. Of course, right. you're going to have that. If you didn't have an extre- ex- extremist side, then you wouldn't have a movement. Come on, right? That's very true. And I mean, there's a bunch of people who are saying like, uh, "Well, the movement in and of itself is bad because you haven't been able to eliminate the toxic ones out of your family." Oh, yeah. Them, is, yeah, we're is supposed to police them. Yeah, it's like, is there any movement that has gotten rid of every single one of the toxic members or any single fandom that's gotten rid of every single one of the toxic members? No, of course there isn't because humans are humans. Humans can tend to be, you know, we all are relatively good people to a certain extent, but there's dumb ones, you know, where there's, you know, there's ones who become toxic and that's, 
And that's the cold hard truth is that no matter what you're talking about, whether it be a fandom, whether it be a movement, whether it be a political side or whatever religion, there there's bad apples in there in every single place you go. Because, again, humanity is still a thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I. I I I love I, lo- I love it though. Have you have you gotten rid of the you know what have you done to get rid of them? And my question would be, how how would you do that? Who's yeah. <laughs> who's who's so, so they act like there's somebody in charge at the top who controls who can use the hashtag and who can't. Really, right. human. We we can all you can support whatever you want to support. You can love who you want to love. You can do what you want to do. Nobody can tell you that you can't use the hashtag because you tend to be a little bit extreme. Come on. I mean, that, right. that, that's what I'm talking about. They have these unrealistic expectations that because, because they don't like it. And it all stems from the fact that they don't like Zack Snyder and they don't like his vision for the DCEU. And it's, it's totally sad. I mean, it's like they're, they're so narrow-minded that they don't even right. realize that this is actually – and I'm talking about the, you know, the bloggers on the other side, the bloggers and fans on the other side, not necessarily the media because we know the media is in their own is, – is going through their own uh, catastrophe yeah. right now. And the, reason yeah. why, and the reason why they hate Zack Snyder and his movies is a completely different one than the reason why these fans hate Zack Snyder and hate his movies. But what I'm saying right. is that these fans that hate Zack Snyder and hate these movies and hate the movement should actually see us getting the Snyder Cut to finally be released as a victory for them as well because it shows that fandom can do can do some good. It shows fandom can accomplish things. And every director and every creative has a right to share their vision. And that's what we're fighting for. And that's that should be a win all across the board for fandom, no matter what oh, yeah. fandom you're in. It absolutely should be, and I, I, I think it's funny. Um, I thought when I got married, I, I would st- stop using the term "good guys finish last," but, uh, but it turns out when it comes to fandoms, that's also the case. That good guys finish last. That you're always going to get bashed on if you try to do things that are good, and that's that's just what's going to happen. You know, everything that's good, you know, faces opposition to a certain extent, and that's just how it's going to be. So I, I, I've, I've expected that since you know being a part of the movement as well as since the you know the announcement and everything. But it is still sad, like you said, to see how they try to label it as such a terrible thing. And it's just like, well, actually look inside of it because it's like the Snyder Cut movement's like a, um, like a, gosh, well, it's like a candy bar that has like all this good stuff on the inside. That's really good ingredients like, you know, peanut butter, caramel, and salt and all those good things. A really good candy bar. And the outer shell is like a very, very thin layer of like stuff you really don't care about, stuff that maybe does uh, detracts you from it. But you get to the core of it, it's a really delicious thing. The outside of it, you just have to break through it a little bit. And that's exactly how it is. Some people on the outside tend to be more toxic, and that's a lot of people's first interactions with the movement. And it's similarly, yes. similarly, people's first, uh, I guess, encounters with some, like, you know, BVS is a theatrical edition. So, like, they encounter the first thing of that, as well as the first thing of the fandom, and they're like, oh, I don't like that. So I'm just going to walk away from that, and that's terrible. But it's like, no, no, you're, you're missing out on so much more. Trust me. Well, yeah, it's like a lot of these people that were put off by BVS don't have any idea that there's a better cut of it out there. Oh, they I have made a no idea. To, uh... And that's, that's what it is. Yeah, educating people on the fact that, hey, the Ultimate Edition exists. Mm-hmm. 
That's what the that's what HBO Max needs to make sure they do. They need to do. Note to HBO oh, Max: Please put the Ultimate Edition of BVS on yes. HBO Max because you're you 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 want you want to help your narrative. You want to get continue to get people excited for the Snyder Cut. Put that Ultimate Edition out there because leave, just having the theatrical cut isn't isn't helping you because the theatrical cut. Is what put people off in the first place. It, it, exactly, and I think if they put the ultimate edition on there, it'll, it'll become one of the most watched things on HBO Max. Besides something like maybe the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Friends. You know, it'll be the most watched thing. Cause yeah, because a lot of people don't, again, like you said, don't know it exists, and so they're like, oh, let's check this out, and they'll be like, holy crap, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's so funny how every detractor. Or I shouldn't say every, but most detractors for BVS that I'm aware of that I know liked the at least liked the extended cut and with and found the extended cut to be watchable and palatable. And even if they right. didn't like the theatrical cut, they were at least able to concede that this was a better movie and this should have been in theaters. Yes, and it's and it's the, funny because like. Uh... Because I, I approach the same thing all the time. Like I talk to people and like, oh, my favorite movies. Like just the other day, I was talking to somebody, and you know they love Christian Bale's Batman, which I can understand. You know, Christian Bale to a certain extent did a pretty good job. He's not my favorite, but you know, for his his version, he you know did pretty good. Um, but they were saying like, oh, he's my Batman. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. BBS is my favorite movie. That's a you know, I said that's a hot take, and he's like, it's the wrong take. It's like, okay, first off, subjective, by the way, subjective art form, and. Um, and I was like, and also, have you seen the Ultimate Edition? That's what I say every single time. And my wife's kind of getting annoyed of it. She's like, you always ask that of people when they talk about Batman v Superman. It's if, have you seen the Ultimate Edition? I was like, because that's the only question that matters, you know, in that conversation. Because the theatrical version is not Zack Snyder's version. The, right. yeah, the theatrical version is a studio-mandated butchered version. Now, right. don't get me wrong. I saw Batman v Superman in theaters seven times because I'm a Zack Snyder fan. Okay, but I even I have to admit there were there were gaps in it. There were clunk. It, it had some clunkiness. The plot was kind of muddled a little bit. But when but once you see the ultimate edition, all those problems go away. But you still right. but see the thing is if you liked the theatrical edition, which I did like it. You're you're going to absolutely love the ultimate edition, and if you didn't like the theatrical edition, I think you're still going to love the or or at least like the ultimate cut because the ultimate cut will answer a lot of the issues that people had with the theatrical version. And to me, that should never be the case. That's why I say Warner right. Brothers should be ashamed of themselves for cutting up that movie like that because in all reality. Had they put the ultimate cut into theaters, I think this would be an entirely different conversation. And I think Absolutely. that I think that they would have Warner Brothers would have got their one billion dollars off of BVS that they wanted because people would have enjoyed it more. Sure, it's slightly longer at three hours and two minutes, but it's still the better movie, and it's still the movie that should have ended up in theaters one hundred percent. I mean, I don't. Oh yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't care what, you know, what, what excuses they tried to do. Oh, you know, we have to do this. We have to cut it down because we can only get so many butts in the seats. 
But the thing is, is it, if you ruin a movie and you butcher a movie, you're going to have bad word of, word of mouth. You're going to have ticked off people. And, and that's why you're, you're, you, got, you got this big, huge divide. Because a lot of the yeah. hate stems from people who've never seen the Ultimate Edition. It's like uh, the common saying how the solution became the problem. The solution to what they saw as a problem became the real issue with the movie, you know, trying to cut down the runtime. And it's funny. I think it's becoming more of a common theme. We're seeing more and more in theaters, these movies that are obviously cut down and just made to these like Frankenstein monster versions of themselves. And I don't know if like movie editors and clippers are getting like worse with their job or like something like that. But like one example that comes to mind is the A-Team. With Liam Neeson and Bradley Cooper, the newest uh, re- or the reboot of that. Now, the extended version of that movie isn't like totally better. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but the theatrical cut in its extended edition is just like, holy crap, this is night and day. Like the theatrical cut, like is fun, but it doesn't make any sense. When the extended cut, at least something more makes sense. Reading, you're seeing that more and more with movies now, and I think people are getting sick and tired of it. People, I think people are getting sick and tired of seeing like you're not giving us the full thing. Like we get what you're trying to do and save us time, but like we want a cohesive story. We want, you know, our, you know, we want our money to actually go to something that joy fully. You know, I, I've come to realize that ma- the majority of the time, when you, we get to see a director's cut of a movie, the director's cut is almost always better than the theatrical yes. cut. There's a few notable exceptions out there, but ultimately. When you when it comes down to it, I have very rarely been more disappointed with a director's cut than a theatrical cut. Like I like I've seen so many movies recently. There's this movie that came out in the mid '90s with with uh, with a martial arts actor named Mark Dacoskis, and the name of the movie mm. is called Drive. And there was two. There was. For the longest time, we only had the you know what was considered the theatrical cut, and I don't even think this movie had a theatrical run. I think this movie, when it came out in the '90s, it was a direct-to-video release. Mm-hmm. Well, recently, the movie got a got a got a Blu-ray release in Germany, and the Blu-ray release in Germany included the director's cut of the movie. So I got a chance to you know I acquired that blue that Blu-ray. And got a chance to check out the director's cut of the movie. And the director's cut of the movie is so much better. And it fill, it, it, it changed the movie on levels. I, I was just like, when I, got, when I got done watching the director's cut, I was like, this is one hell of a movie. This, this was fantastic. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, if this is the movie that I would have saw originally, I would have been an even bigger fan of this movie. Than I was when I first saw it because I liked it when I first seen it, but that, I mean, but it runs circles around the the theatrical cut. I'll never watch the theatrical cut again. <laughs> yeah, I feel that it's it's like you know you say that for the most part, uh, director's cuts are much better, and that's how I feel whenever I see like you know this movie that I saw in the theaters and I like I see a, a director's cut or an extended edition. I'm just like okay, that gets me excited. Almost every single time I see a director's cut or extended edition label on like a Blu-ray or DVD, I'm immediately intrigued because I know that what the director wanted is in there. And you know the director you know is an artist to a certain degree. Some of them aren't as good as some. But I, I realize in my mind, it's like, okay, this is going to be better than what it was originally. And that's just a common rule. Again, there's multiple examples out there. Oh, like a, go, a, good exa- a good example 
of a director's cut, that another director's cut that's night and day from the theatrical cut is James Cameron's The Abyss. Really? I don't know if you've if you've seen The Abyss, but if you if you get a chance to check out the director's cut, which you can because it's on my uh, Plex Media server. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, the the director's cut of the abyss is, I, I mean, I, it's mind blowing how great it is. Like, there's so much in it that had it been in the original cut, that movie would have been received way way better. Like that movie, I, like I I lo- and I love when I see that, and I love when I see director's cuts too, where the director's cut is almost an entirely different film. Yeah. Like some some of the scenes are some of the scenes in the theatrical cut are there. Some of the scenes are done a different way, or or the director uses different takes than the ones that were used of like the same scenes. Like one of the things I'm super excited to see in like Zack Snyder's Justice League is how much of it is going to be familiar because from what I'm from what I'm gathering based off of what Zack Snyder has said how it's going to be a completely new thing a completely different thing I'm expecting it to be you know so different well like literally yes. 100% different from what we got in theaters and and November of 2017 I think I think that the movie I think it it not even I would would wouldn't be surprised if we don't have any scenes that we had in the theatrical cut in this movie. If everything but, is is completely new and fresh, and the movie is just and I and I think they know that. I think HBO Max and Warner Brothers and AT and T all know that this is a completely different movie, which is why they're the the hype is so justified. Why spending the money is justified because you're getting a brand new film. So, you know, and I, and that's something to be really excited about. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally stoked about it. Like, I remember I watched, um, I just for the heck of it, I decided to go onto YouTube and watch a couple scenes from the original Justice League from the theatrical cut. Um, and I, I regretted it because I was watching it. I was like, this is so terrifyingly, like, no offense to Joss Whedon. He's done some great work on different projects before. And this was something he was like roped into and had to do really quickly. So I understand. But watching him just like this is like I, I watch scenes from BBS and then I watch scenes from Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I'm just like this is night and day. This is incredibly different. Like the way that shots are approached, the way that things just look in general, the way the actors look. I mean just there's just so many things going on here that just don't feel right at all. And you know, I, it amazes me to this day how I didn't know – didn't notice those things um but when i actually saw it in theaters because like you know the theater has some like effect on the mind when you go and see things it, it makes things look a little bit better than it is in reality to a certain extent and i fell victim to that when i saw justice league in theaters and i was like okay that was fun that i rewatched it. i was like huh okay well uh i was fooled <laughs> i i remember my reaction when i when i walked out of the theater I looked at my nephew and I looked at my dad. You know, the three of us had gone together to see the movie, and I was like, "I was like, you know, guys, that kind of sucked." And I remember, I remember going home that night on Facebook because I was part of some big uh, DCU Facebook group, and I remember posting, you know, just kind of tongue in cheek, 
Justice League was just fine. You know, like and like that like like you said, like that theatrical gloss, like you know, yeah, it was okay, but you know it really wasn't and then I remember having trouble sleeping that night thinking <laughs> thinking, my God, am I this am I this much of a loser? I'm sitting here I'm sitting here thinking about how disappointed I am in this movie like it's something serious I, I, and, I, and I'm scratching my head like what like what the hell did I just watch <laughs> like I had no desire I literally had no desire to go back to the theater and see it again yeah. and that was my first real realization that was my big epiphany that we did not get what we were supposed to get. You know, aside right. from the fact where we had where we had that woman on the news talking about uh aliens oh. stole her man <laughs> and uh, you know the probing that was all Joss Whedon. We could tell oh, that. Gosh, that I could so tell that in theater. And uh, you know the scene where you know the 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 you know Lois Lane is thirsty and all this stuff. Oh. Stuff stuff that you know and and my biggest thing that I took offense to after all the brilliant Clark and Jonathan Kent stuff that we got in BVS and Man of Steel was when Superman told those kids, a man I knew, you know, uh -huh. used to say that hope is like your car keys. Easy to lose, but if you dig around, it's probably close by. Oh my gosh. What, like, what, so that, it's, it's memorable, not because it's good, it's memorable <laughs> because it's so utterly cringe. You, oh, you, it's... So many things in that movie. Like I remember, even even in the theater when I was having a good time, I saw Steppenwolf for the first time, and I'm just like, "Huh, that CGI was pretty bad." <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Uh, uh, you know, like a like a P, like a PS2 monster from like Shadow of Colossus or something. Yeah, and I I, uh, I watched the scene where um, Steppenwolf like tears off Cyborg's leg like over and over because I couldn't understand what the heck he was saying. Like he says something about power, and then he tears the, his limb off and says something else. Yeah, I think else. he I, said. I think he said power is the only law. I think that's what he said when he. Yeah, told. it was so hard to hear. I, I listened to it like six times in a row. Like, what the frick is he saying? Like, could you be more generic to the point where like you don't even need to hear what he said? Like, oh my gosh! Again, no offense to Joss Whedon, but that was just that was bad. <laughs> oh, it was, it was terrible. It was horrible, horrible dialogue, and I. And, you know, this is one of the things that I, I, I keep thinking about, too, you know, how the reports came out where, you know, Chris Terrio had said on set at, at some point, you know, it could help if maybe you at least use some of my pages. <laughs> it definitely would have helped at least a little bit, maybe. Because the but. dialogue was so, so horrible. I mean, you talk about juvenile simplistic dialogue it doesn't yeah. get any it doesn't get any worse than justice league i mean when when you know when lois is asking clark about you know about his death about coming oh, back gosh. And he's, oh gosh <laughs> i mean you know itchy and and uh, you know you're thinking itchy and scratchy i mean look i i really to me i thought i thought the movie just it's it was like it was almost like the movie was made by like Roger Corman Productions like it was a B <laughs> like it was a B level movie that just happened to have you know Joss Whedon as the director right. and and you could tell 
especially now if you go in and you and you try to rewatch any of it like you said i mean trying to rewatch it now makes it even worse knowing everything that you know because you can see all the imperfections and you can tell how how the how all, how everything was reshot you can tell every time you see soup almost every time you see superman on screen his face is a mess it's yeah. it's just and it's funny about that is when i first saw it in theaters again i overlooked it i didn't even notice the, the mouth until i rewatched it again and i'm just like how did i miss this this is so bad and the scene that gets me the most is uh after they resurrect superman when uh ben affleck's batman is like in the bat cave and he's taking off the suit and Gal Gadot, like, comes and, like, starts, like, rubbing his shoulder or whatever. And he's like, I can barely do it now, but Steppenwolf, this is the job. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. They reduced Ben Affleck's Batman to a simple line spewing, uh, you know, old man. It's just like, how, why would you do this? He was so epic. And then you neutered him. And you, you killed him. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they neutered him. I mean, God, they had they had Batman smiling. They had Batman making jokes. They had, oh. they had, they had, I mean, and my, my thing, one of the biggest offenses was when Clark lifted up uh, Batman and was like, and said the do you bleed line. And oh, he said it's so cheesy and cringe. There were so many cringeworthy moments in that, in that movie. I, I would absolutely... Honestly, when all is said and done, I hope, and you know, I, 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 I think we should all suggest this to Zach as like a charity event for him to do the oh. do a do a commentary for uh, for the theatrical oh, cut of Justice League. I mean, because it would just be for charity. I mean, you do it, you do like a <laughs> you donate, you donate, uh, you know, you donate at minimum, you donate. Fifteen dollars to Americans for suicide prevention, and you get to be a part of the about a part of his commentary for this. And he and he sits in there, and I mean, it would just be amazing to see his reactions and to see that how there'll be times when when he'll just he'll just straight up start laughing, and he'll. I mean, honestly, I I don't know, I don't know. I for some reason. I want to see it happen. I mean, I know it. It's probably not something that will ever happen. But hey, never say never because that's, people that's say, true. You know, Although people, I, I think I think he's a little too nice for that, though. I don't, I don't know. I, I would pay to see that, though, for sure. But I think he's too nice to do. Well, something like but that. see, that's the funny part. If he did it, he would probably still be nice. But his reactions, <laughs> it, it would almost be like. It would almost be like he would, but see, but see, then the other part of me, you know, wouldn't want to subject Zack Snyder to that kind of torture because we know that that would probably be painful to have to sit through. And then, and then to top it off, could you imagine, you know, you know, his reactions to the Russian family subplot in the movie? Oh, God. Like he he probably, you know, like, I mean, I love, I, I love when somebody asked him on Vero, about the Russian family, and he straight up said, "What Russian family? Like, there, there's no Russian family in his movie. Like, you, you, I don't know. Oh, that'd be great. I also love that when someone asked him about the Flash not doing battle, he's like, "What the f? He's <laughs> like, what the heck is that all about? He's like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, or the uh, picture, the picture of Wonder Woman with her, with that, you know, with that cloak she had when she was rubbing oh, yeah. Bruce Wayne's arm. <laughs> Somebody posted that, you know, where, where, where did you come up with this costume for Wonder Woman? And, and, 
and uh and Zack Snyder actually asked where is this from <laughs> like, like is this behind the sets picture or something like that like like he, like yeah like and, and you could tell like he I mean he doesn't know because he didn't watch it and yeah and I and I think he and I think he probably you know he he probably did himself a gr- a great favor by not watching it by yes. not subjecting himself to that crap. I mean, even not probably he did. He did do because, himself a favor. <laughs> oh yeah, because even Richard Donner he didn't want he didn't watch uh, he didn't watch Superman two the theatrical cut of Superman two. He said he never watched that. So Late. it's a common thing amongst directors when they get you know replaced on projects. They don't they don't go back to it. And I and I don't blame them. I mean, who would right. want to sit through that? Right. Like I imagine as a striving artist myself, if someone were to try to uh, like recreate my work and it ends up being worse than the one I did, and they pass it off as mine, I'd be insulted by it too. I would be like, I'm not gonna look at that thing. No way. I'm not looking at that thing. That that's insulting to me. Um, and so as again as a creative person, I can understand how that would be just terrible to go through. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's insane the, just to just to think about it and and to know how badly it turned out because you're hearing from so many people who have yeah. described it to you or have told you, well, they did this, this, and this. And I'm sure just you know just the sheer amount of questions that you know Zach got about Justice League, mm-hmm. you know, and and he's scratching his head trying to figure out what people are even talking about because he you know and. <laughs> But, but it's good. It's a good thing because it shows that what we are going to get is an absolutely high quality masterpiece. We know we're getting it right. because we because this because this got all the complaints and criticisms that people have about Justice League. Zack Snyder knows absolutely nothing about. He's just they like, weren't even huh? in his cut. Yeah, yeah, right. Up, so yeah, that's nothing. how you know. That's how you know that we're. That's how you know that we're at a point where, you know, we're what we're going to get is going to be absolutely wonderful because he knows nothing about any of this stuff. You That's know? why I laugh whenever someone suggests, like, well, what if it's worse than the theatrical cut? It's like, there's no such thing. That can't happen. There's no way. There's no way in any way, shape, or form that it's any worse or even anywhere close to the theatrical cut, in my opinion. And, and the opinion of – or I guess it should be in everybody else's opinion that that would be the case. Yeah, I don't know how it could be how it could be worse. That's that's the that's the other thing. You, you there's there's no possible way. Just by number one, if you want to if you want to take story and everything and all the Zack Snyder epicness out of it completely, I'm gonna tell you the one thing that you can that you can use as an argument to show that it that to tell anybody that it won't be worse. Henry yeah. Cavill. Won't have that bad CGI yes. messed up face. Yes. I mean, come on. Superman will not look like he's suffering from some sort of disease or about to have a stroke. <laughs> so because we know because we know that because we know that that alone, without putting taking any of the other stuff, putting any of the other stuff into context, automatically by default makes the movie better by than the theatrical cut, just for that alone. And for yeah. the fact that we're getting the original OG Steppenwolf look too. Yes, I'm we're so not getting that. We're that. not going to have that bad seat, that bad PS2 
uh, CGI, <laughs> whatever the hell that is. We're and not gonna have. We're not gonna have that. So that's it's, it's funny. It's funny because I've actually been uh, talked to about like the CGI of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Someone's asked me like, like, or they told me, I hope the CGI is like not bad, or I hope the CGI is like better than the theatrical. And I was like, this movie's been worked on for three years, back and forth with CGI. Like, there's no way the CGI is gonna be bad. Like, maybe the, it was. I don't know. I, it, it should be pretty dang good. With it's a Zack Snyder movie, he's a visual guy. So if it's not to his liking. He's not going to put it out. He's going to make sure that the CGI is on point. Oh, are you kidding? Are you kidding? It's going to be fantastic. This movie is, I mean, they didn't didn't give him extra money to finish it for nothing because he finished principal photography. So we know where that money is going. That money is going towards making the effects as wonderful as they could possibly be. I mean, you right. got, and like you said, it's been three years. So, and the movie isn't getting released until next year. So that's giving right. them all this time to make sure that it's polished, to make sure that everything looks perfect. I mean, he probably, and you know, and this is the other thing, he probably had a pretty watchable cut out there, you know, because right. Jason Momoa had seen it and other people had seen the movie. So I'm pretty sure that it, you know, he had a, pretty good movie pro- that probably looked looked better than what we got in theaters already but the idea <laughs> that they're going back and they're gonna you know do cha- change some things visually and make some i mean this can only be a good thing this can only be a positive right. and honestly i, f- I don't know man I-, I think people are gonna be blown away by this and at how epic and how great it is and i'm just you know, and to even question, well, what if it sucks? What if the theatrical cut is better? You don't it know Zach. You don't know Zach. <laughs> you don't know Zach Snyder if if you're saying that right now, because you know right. Zach Snyder. Even Zach Snyder's haters know that Zach Snyder makes some great visually stunning movies. Even people that yes. don't like his movies in terms of plot and story and all that have to cop to the fact. That the that the man is a visual filmmaker, like you were saying. Yes. There's absolutely no way that the movie, at least on a technical level and a visual style, isn't going to be ten thousand times better than what we got theatrically. Right, totally, one hundred percent agree. I think it, it's so funny that's that's even a a worry to some people, and it really shouldn't be. And you know, it's even further evidence of like visual like brilliance in filmmaking. I finally got to watch Sucker Punch last week. Um, which you know, I I heard some things about it, both good and bad. You watch the watched, ex- you watch the extended cut. Uh, I wasn't able to get the extended cut, so I watched. I think what was the theatrical cut, but I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool, um, especially wa- I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos like explaining what th- what actually was going on. Right. And so like watching it, it made sense what was happening, and like again, the visuals in that were just stunning. I still need to see the extended cut, uh, but w- looking at that movie, it's just like holy crap, this thing is beautiful. And again, that's that's just par for the course for Zack Snyder. That's just what he does. Yeah, it was on. They had the uh, theatrical cut and the extended cut on HBO Max, and then it was only for a short time. It was only for like a few days, and now it's now it's not there anymore. I'm sure it'll come back huh. later, but they but it's not there anymore. But then there's other stuff that was there that was taken off and replaced with other stuff. So I think it's kind of like they do like a. Streaming services do like a rotation of material. Yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny because uh, 
that one one of the movies that's on the list that says it's on the way out is the theatrical cut of Justice League. And I'm oh, just yeah, like, you you know, you already know. <laughs> it's on the way out, obviously. I mean, they, they, there's no benefit whatsoever to to keeping to keeping that out. I I think that I think what's going to happen is the Snyder cut is going to. Well, we already know the Snyder cut is going to replace uh, Justice League as far right. as canon and and you know Justice League. Right. So this essentially will be our Justice League as opposed to, you know, what we got, what we got theatrically. And, you know, that theatrical cut will, 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 will always be out there for the six people that enjoyed that movie. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. Um, I was talking to some people the other day and uh, they, they tend to not like Zack Snyder's direction of films, which, again, people having their own opinions is fine. That's, that's all cool and dandy. We both agree on this. Um, but this person was like. You know, Superman and Man of Steel and BVS was not my favorite, but I feel like they really did hit his character justice in Justice League. And I'm just like, wow, that's like incredibly backwards to how the rest of us feel about this thing. Like the rest of us look at Superman in that movie and I'm just like, no, I, I can't. <laughs> We've already talked you know what, about you that. You know what's going to blow these people's minds? All these people that are saying that Zack doesn't know these characters, that Zack doesn't understand Superman, that... Justice League under Joss Whedon did a better job with the character of Superman and made him the Superman that everybody wanted. I think what's going to blow everybody's mind is by the time Zack finishes telling the story that he wants to tell, that epic Superman story that he's been telling, Superman will be the Superman that all of these, all of these haters have been asking for. But... Zack Snyder is building it. Zack Snyder right. is developing it. He's building the character. He's giving Henry Cavill the opportunity to grow into the character, to breathe and become right. the character. He's not going to be he's not becoming the Superman that that we know of, you know, overnight. That Superman is being is being built up to so that when he does become that version of Superman, it will have been fully earned, fully, you know, he'll, Superman will have gone through all his trials and tribulations to where he becomes that character that they all want, that beacon, that beacon of light that they all are are looking at, and you know where they're you know where they're crying over Christopher Reeve. Look. His Superman will be that Superman that's going to unite the fandoms. They just have to wait. They have to be patient. Right. That's it's a multiple. They're not it's a patient. Multiple movie arc. It's a multiple movie arc. I, I don't understand these people. That. Yeah, I don't. That's what I don't understand. Uh, the MCU was how many movies? Like ten years of movies, twenty something movies, and yeah. and you know, I, you know, I didn't hear any complaining then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we waited like what twenty movies in the MCU to finally get Spider Man involved. Of course, that's of course out of the studio and everything. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it took that long to even get a main character like that involved. So I mean, people can wait four movies to see Superman come to fruition. It's so funny how people expect it to happen overnight. Like, I've talked to people about this, you know, and they're saying like, oh, a character arc should take place in one movie. It's like, there's no rule book that says that. There is no rule book that says that. And they're like, well, 
like, yeah, Lord of the Rings was a couple movies, but at the same time, like, each <sighs> character had a, a development in one movie. It's like, no, it's not true. They didn't fully change all in one movie. There was an arc throughout those three movies in Lord of the Rings. And it's the same thing with this uh, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, DCEU. There's multiple. Well, look at, well, look at yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars is a perfect yeah. example. Look at, the, look at the original trilogy. Luke Skywalker didn't become the great Jedi Knight that he became in one movie. It, right. took th- it took three movies for Luke Skywalker to get to that point. And right. again, Zack Snyder was giving you that. This is how you know that these people are complaining that claim to be true DC fans don't read the comics, are not true Superman fans, because if they were true Superman fans, they would understand exactly what Zack Snyder is doing. They would right. realize that he's building the character up to the up to that point, and you and you could totally see it. How do you know you weren't going to get that by the end of his Justice League storyline? You weren't you weren't going to have that bright futured beacon of hope, Superman, that everybody cheeses over. How did how right. do they know? How do they know they weren't going to get that? Oh well, that's why we like what Joss Whedon did with Superman. He did a great job with Superman. All he did was. Push you to push you to the front of the line. That's all he did. He skipped right. all the, the all the development, all the character, all everything that 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 Henry Cavill's Superman was building towards the other movies. He just rushed you there to get you to an outcome. Right, and it's funny. Like um, I'm not, I like I don't I don't expect everybody to read all the comics and everything that watch the movies because there's a lot of comics out there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of source material, but at the same time. If people aren't willing to read the comics, then they need to be at least open-minded to what other versions of the comics there are. Like, for example, I talked about that conversation I had with someone who prefers Christian Bale's Batman. I talked about BVS and loving that movie. And he's like, okay, I got a couple questions for you. I was like, all right, shoot. He's like, why was Lex Luthor like in his 20s? It's like, well, that was actually based off of Lex Luthor and Superman Birth, right? Where he has long, uh, like, red hair and he's kind of more sporadic. And he's like, oh, uh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, What about – like, why is Batman all old and grumpy? Like, based off the Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller, where he does indeed kill people. He's like, oh, uh, did not know that. And I was like, so, I mean, there's reasons for these things. It wasn't just like, oh, I feel like doing this with the character. There was actual purpose behind these ki- takes of the character that he wanted to combine different elements. And I think people forget about the idea of creative freedoms when it comes to things like superhero movies. Like, there's there's a certain extreme that you don't go too far from. Like, you don't want to, like, deviate too far away from the comics to the point where the only thing that's recognizable is the characters' names. But at the same time, comics are they're an art form. You know, they're a storytelling form that you can be creative with. You can do different things with a character. Like, you can put him in a moral situation, much like Zack Snyder did. You know, there's plenty of things you can do that can still work if you just simply give it a chance. Absolutely. And and I think that I think that Zack Snyder with Justice League is going to silence his critics on a mm, lot of yes. levels. I think what's gonna happen is they're gonna have no choice but to acknowledge the greatness of this. Now don't get me wrong, there's always gonna be some haters that are gonna hate oh, yeah. it no matter what because they're conditioned to do so. But the people that are really DC fans and are fans of these characters, once they see what Zack Snyder has in store for everyone, I think their tune is going to have changed a little bit. Much like when the BVS Ultimate Edition came out and these, mm-hmm. these haters got a chance to see that, hey, this movie is 
fleshed out. This movie is not a convoluted mess and, you know, that's disjointed and all over the place. No, it's actually a very good, straightforward movie that you can watch and enjoy and love. And the three hours goes by in a snap of two fingers. Exactly. I mean, whenever I sit down to watch it, like, yeah, sure, three hours go by, but it's a very enjoyable and quick three hours. You know, and there's very few people that I encounter that actually want to sit down and watch me. I actually just sit down and uh, make my older brother watch because he had seen the uh, theatrical cut. And, you know, I, I told him, like, watch the Ultimate Edition, watch the Ultimate Edition. And finally one night, he's like, all right, my wife's taking care of my kid. Let's watch this thing. I was like, all right, thank you. So I sat down with him and explained some things that he had questions about. I was like, look, this is what this means. This is why these things are connected. This is why this is the way, you know, just explaining things to him. And he's just like – Man, this is a lot deeper of a movie than I thought it was going to be. And it's like, I mean, I've been telling you, I mean, I'm your brother. We've been friends for, I don't know, my whole life. So you didn't trust my opinion in the first place? <laughs> well, see, I, I think, and I, and I think that's what it is, too. You know, you, you, you get the misconception because, again, that's, that's where our whole movement comes into play about studios meddling with creative visions. If they would have just left him alone in the first place, they would have made their money off of this movie. They yes. sabotage this is the thing, they keep sabotaging themselves, which yes. is what I which is what I don't understand. You would think after the after meddling the first few times, they would say, Well, gee guys, you know, this really isn't working. You know, we keep messing with these movies. Why do we why do we keep blaming the filmmaker when ultimately we didn't even release what the filmmaker wanted in the first place. Right. And I think it's interesting now that AT&T is listening to the fans. Because of course, we all know that BVS is one of the most sold Blu-ray discs ever, um, the Ultimate Edition anyway. And Warner Brothers wasn't able to look at that and see like, well, okay, we, we made a mistake. They weren't able to admit that <coughs> even if they realized that they weren't able to admit it. But AT&T is looking at the situation and thinking like, yeah, a lot of crappy stuff has happened in here. So let's let's try to do this again. Let's try to give the full thing of what was going to happen in the first place. And let's not mess with this. How about that? Let's try that for a change. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, it's like with AT&T, you know, they look at Warner Brothers and say, okay, your experiment with mediocrity has gotten us nowhere. Shazam. Birds of prey. <laughs> okay, you know what? We need to do something different. It's so yes. funny because all these other movies that were derivative from the Snyderverse, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, did fantastic at the box office, and then yes. even this Joker, that's an independent, independent story, came out and blew everybody away. So what's the excuse with Shazam and Birds of Prey? Why didn't those movies? do just as good you know you guys wanted Zack Snyder out and look yeah and I think what's interesting is I think I think people are failing to realize that Joker was a game changer as far as DC is concerned oh you know, yes they, they put out I mean of course it's a great movie fantastic movie by the way I love that thing but the dark tone of it and the fact that it made so much money and received so much praise with its dark tones and dark themes are like Okay, yeah, people like the darkness of the DC, of DC's you know stories, and so maybe we got to try doing something else here. Like maybe Zack Snyder was on the right track. Like no, his movies aren't like dark, dark. They just you know they have dark elements for sure, but they're not like oh dark and movie like you know the Joker tended to be. And so they're just thinking like you know what, let's try it out. Maybe let's try to avoid going too cheesy and too campy and too MCU like. No offense to the MCU, I do enjoy some of their films. But you know what I mean? Like DC and Marvel are such different beasts. Like 
the MCU is like it's like a good golden retriever. It's a good dog. You enjoy being with it. You love it, and it's it's your best friend. But the DC DC Comics is like a wolf. You know, it's intimidating. It's it's strong. You know, it it growls at you. It intimidates you. And they're both really cool for different reasons. But I prefer the wolf. Because the wolf is going to protect you, and the wolf yeah. is gonna, and the wolf is going to isn't just going to be your best friend. The wolf is going to fight for you. So unless it's the gray, uh huh, yeah, <laughs> unless. But let's. But we. But honestly, we. I. You know. All the stuff that is that happened got me because you know I was initially, you know I was initially on board with the MCU. I did like you know certain. Certain things to come out of it. Some movies I enjoyed. Most movies I didn't. I the the best the my favorite show to come out of the MCU was of course Daredevil. Um, but I really, you know, to me, I started as we started getting going down the line with Marvel movies. I started to realize that we were getting the same, you know, cookie cutter formula. Mm-hmm. In almost every movie, especially as we got down towards the later movies where we got closer to uh, Infinity War and Endgame. It started to feel like, you know, if you'd seen one of them, you'd seen all of them. It just got to the point, mm-hmm. especially, you know, it's like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and then Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and then Ant-Man and all, all these movies. There were very few for me that like stood out, I could cherry pick maybe a handful of them that I thought were good. And then to me, the rest of them were all just kind of formulaic and that, and that to me, whenever you get into a pattern of formulas, that's when, you know, if you're an intelligent person and you really, you know, appreciate film on another level, you really lose interest. You start to lose interest awfully quickly. And the difference with Zack Snyder's DC movies is he gives you something new every time. To this day, I could sit down and watch Man of Steel and get something completely different from it than I've than I got from it the last five million times that I've seen it. You know, it's right. it's like it's his movies continue to evolve over time, regardless of how many times you've seen the films. Whereas right. and you mentioned you mentioned that rewatch value. I actually had a really interesting experience the other day. I was watching um I can't remember which channel it was, but it was this guy his first time watching through Man of Steel and uh, he was like commenting on it and everything. And you know, like you said, there's something to learn and realize and, and see every single time and he po- this guy pointed out at the end when Lois Lane says to Clark, "Welcome to the planet." He's like, "Oh, that has double meaning right there. Like, welcome to the Daily Planet, but also humanity welcoming humans yes. to the world." Yes. And I'm just like, yes. "Oh my gosh, how did I not notice this?" Yes. yes. Every time. Yes, that that, you know, I had caught I had caught that too. And I'd watched uh Man of Steel recently quite a few times uh during the, you know, during the uh watch party with Zack Snyder on Vero and then I watched it a couple more times after that and I watched it in virtual reality the other night too. Oh man, which I absolutely enjoyed because I was craving the you know, theatrical experience. So what I did was I used my, you know, my virtual reality uh goggles and I had the and I have the Amazon, you know, movies app through there, and you can pull up your Amazon movies through through there, and it puts you in like a theater setting. 
So you're sitting That's in there awesome. and you got the movie on the big screen and you got and you got the you know the theater and you know and you can and you know and some of these apps are so good you can have you can actually share the movies with people and and watch in a virtual theater which is another topic altogether because we could talk about that <laughs> where 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 I think that's where we're going to where theaters have potential to go but in terms of this what what I'm saying here you know it was just nice to see man of steel in that environment again cuz man of steel is another movie I've seen in the theaters several times i i've loved that movie since it came out and i you know and it's so funny because before it came out, I was worried about it. I was one of those people that was really, really nervous about where it was going to go. Because I was always a Zack Snyder fan, but I was right. a little bit nervous about where he was going to take take Superman. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. was, you know. But but I remember I'd gone I had gone to see it with my with my dad, and it was just. It, it was just such a great experience, and I and I and I had to, and then it's just like I just kept going back to see it, kept going back, going back, going back. I, I don't even remember how many times I saw Man of Steel in the theaters, to tell you the truth. But I was, I was, I, I absolutely love that movie, and to this day, it is it is my favorite movie. I, I think I, I would have to say it's my favorite movie, period, because it's just. It's just there's just so many layers to it. There's just so much to it, and you know I and I feel and you know I feel almost the same way about the Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition between the yeah. two of them. The bit between the two of them, it's like being in heaven as far as being a fan. You're just <laughs> like you're just like my God. There's so much to take from all of these movies, and the experiences are 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 so wonderful. I, I just I, I don't know. I, I I just I guess the whole. Uh, you know the whole point I'm trying to make is when you compare what Zach has done, I feel like Zach has done more in the few movies that he's done for the DCEU than the entire the entirety of the MCU when it comes to movies that make you think. Because there's a reason that right. after all these years, we're still talking about Zack Snyder's Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. And hardly nobody is talking about any of these MCU movies. They all say in the beginning, isn't it something how they all say in the beginning how, how great these movies all are, but who's still talking about Endgame right now? Right. I mean, there was a couple people that I saw post about like the one-year anniversary of Endgame, but other than that, you know, occasionally I'll see like an article, but at the same time, like there's not like a bunch of huge conversations happening like, you know, what's happening here. And, you know, you mentioned the, the whole... Um, pattern with the mcu it, it's so interesting how again you know there's there's a familiarity with that which you know is you know for audiences they like it they like the familiarity like okay so this is going to happen this is this isn't that and uh you know there's a smart move by marvel but as far as storytelling is concerned it's not compelling right i mean there's cool twists here and there like oh this guy works for tony stark oh no now he's a bad guy great that's uh, a good twist um it's done before but whatever but with Zack Snyder's uh, movies, you know, you, you said it best. You know, there's something different about him every single time. Like you watch Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, you can tell a lot of the same elements are there, but they do feel like very different as far as like the way that he approached the telling of that story is concerned. And I'm just excited to see like, you know, you had Man of Steel as a very, you know, Cal L focused story. And it was mostly centered around him. I mean, occasionally Lois Lane. Then you had Batman v Superman, which circulated around a lot of different people. And then now Justice League, I mean, you're going to have like there's a reason why I'm fully supportive 
of the whole chapters thing with this movie is because there's so much ground to cover, so many stories to tell, so many uh, uh, backgrounds to establish with like Cyborg, The Flash, uh, even a little bit of uh, Aquaman here. And, you know, I'm just excited to see all of that flushed out in this long, very com- complex and compelling storytelling. Oh, yeah, it's going to be an epic, to say the least. That's why I feel like I feel like if they if they wanted to, they could do like how they would how they used to call the Godfather when they would put the Godfather on TV. They called the Godfather a novel for television. Mm, They could they could they could basically call, you know, the Snyder Cut a novel for streaming, because essentially they put it in chapters and they do it like that, where like you were just saying about fleshing out all these characters and telling so much story you're essentially getting a novel here and that, and I think that's perfect I think that'll be yeah. beautiful and again I get I I always refer to the you know to Akira Kurosawa's great masterpiece from the 1950s uh his Seven Samurai which mm. which if you haven't seen it is an absolute wonderful movie and and if if it's if it's true what people are saying. Zack Snyder pulled a lot of inspiration for his version of Justice League from Seven Samurai. So, I, you know, for me, I'm really, I, I really, as a fan at this point, couldn't be happier. And I just, you know, I'm glad that DC is distinctive from the MCU. I was getting a yes. little bit worried though because I kind of got that, got the MCU feeling with. Shazam, and mm-hmm. even even with a little bit of Aquaman to some extent, it right. kind of felt it felt a little bit MCU ish to me. And then, um, uh, yeah, Shazam definitely felt more like a Marvel movie to me. And then, and then, Birds of Prey didn't really feel like a Marvel movie, but it if it, it didn't really feel. It had a very it, different feel to it. Yeah, it, yeah. it just it, it, it. I will. I you know what? And I'm going to give Kathy Ann this. I think her Birds of Prey movie or her you know female centric Streets of Rage, as I like to call it. I think it's kind. <laughs> I think it's kind of. I think it does have some uniqueness. And it if does. It's, yeah. And if it's true that they meddled with her movie and she's got a better movie out there. Bring it on! I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it if there's a better if there's a better movie. Look, I'm like I said, I'm always down to see the director's original vision because it's almost always better than right. the movie we got. Almost always. And there, I'm sure there's people out there that will disagree with me because there's a lot of people that hate hate director's cuts, uh, which I'll never know, understand. I'll never understand theatrical that. cuts. Yeah, I'll never understand that either. You got people that will argue. Well, there's a reason. Why the studio makes the changes that they make with movies because sometimes directors kind of go off on their own little tangents and do their own little thing and mess up the movie. So sometimes the studio, it's a good thing when the studio comes in and kind of reigns in the director. It's like, oh, really? Well, then why did they bother to hire said director in the first place if they didn't want that director to go, you know, go crazy and make the movie that that director would be known for making. That's something I'll I'll never, I'll never, I'll never understand. 
And the main reason why, for the most part, there's a couple of different reasons, but for the most part, the main reason why studios come in and like meddle with things is because of runtime. That's mostly the only. That's really it. Uh, You know that that's the that's the honest to god truth. Especially when there's all this money to be made theatrically with these films. I mean, when you when you think, but at least in the old world that we lived in, I I don't know about how things are going to be moving forward because it looks like now. The battleground is shifting to streaming services. Which... I think we're approaching an era where longer movies are going to be more tolerated and expected now more than ever. I think we're approaching that time because, again, people are going to be more willing to sit down for a long period of time in their homes with streaming rather than for a long time in the theater with a bunch of strangers surrounded by popcorn on the floor that's probably two weeks old. You know, It's going to be a fun little transition. Oh, I think so too. I, I, and we can, you know, and now, so now we can kind of move into that as a topic now. So, like, like, what do you think moving forward? Do you think that theaters have kind of, have kind of ran their course as like a mass thing for all movies? I mean, or do you think it's something that we will get back to and it will be go back to how it was? Or do you think that things have changed as a result of everything that's going on in the real world? things have changed completely and that the streaming services are going to be the predominant way for which we get our, uh, you know, our first run movies. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a great question. And then let me put on my uh, Karnak hat to tell a future on this. But, uh, I think, you know, with, again, like you mentioned, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now and a lot of things are unpredictable. I think that a lot of people try to cling onto the whole theatrical thing because, you know, it's what a lot of people know. It's what everybody knows. You know, that's how they know how to make money. That's how they know how to, like, project things. They understand how that works now. And so a lot of people try to cling to that. But, like, you know, for example, with things like HBO Max and uh, Netflix, you're seeing a lot – and have a lot more of a creativity like, you know, Extraction on Netflix. You know, it's a great original movie on there. It's just phenomenal. I love that movie and things like that. So you're starting to see – these streaming platforms have big budgets for like you know big screen worthy movies, yes. and so people people are going to see that, and I think a lot of people are going to flock more to those things rather than theaters, at least for the time being. You know, with this whole like pandemic stuff going on, um, but as long as that's going on, it's going to be the stream stream platforms that win. But as far as it taking over completely, that's hard to say. But I think theaters will stick around. I don't think they'll be ever be completely extinct. But I don't think they'll be as big of a player in the money making of media is concerned. Oh, I, I agree completely. I think we we're reaching a point where you're you're which is why, you know, I think this is what we're we can expect from these streaming platforms. They're gonna inject more money into these movies, allow the filmmakers to make the movies they want to make, put them on streaming, because when you think about it, the studio has got your money because if you're paying a monthly fee, all they want you to do is continue to be a subscriber. So they're going to give you what you want so that you keep subscribing from month to month. You keep your subscription going. They want you to, they want you to be happy. They want you to be satisfied with the content. And when you think about it, it kind of takes the stress off of the studios because they don't have to, you know, oh my God, if the movie doesn't crack a billion dollars within the first week or two that it's in theaters it's a box office failure i think i think those days are coming to an end because i don't believe after when all is said and done with everything that we're going through right now that theaters will ever be what they were as a matter of fact what i from what i heard i had read an article about um uh 
the possibility of like um, Amazon and uh, some of the other and Netflix uh, buy and Disney actually buying out certain movie theaters mm. so that they could so that they could movie theater franchises so that they could so that they could kind of you know so they could integrate and have it be where you have Netflix. So let's say Netflix decides to buy out uh, AMC theaters and Netflix starts to... And so since Netflix now owns AMC theaters, Netflix can put their movies in theaters and put their movies on streaming and they're getting all the revenue either way. So, right. so it, becomes, it becomes a situation where now everything is integrated. Think about it. You can have Amazon where Amazon is the big conglomerate that they are, they're not only movies and streaming and everything, but they're groceries and merchandise and everything under the sun you can think of. So now you have Amazon. If Amazon owns movie theaters, they can integrate all their stuff that they already own with the movie theaters. You'll be able to go into like, and say, for example, like an Amazon movie theater and you'll get your snacks from whole, from Whole Foods that Amazon owns, <laughs> you'll be able to get your you'll be able to get your merchandise, you know, your T-shirts, your action figures, whatever you want, right there at the movie theater when you go in to see whatever movie you're going to see. Or if you can't, or if you don't don't want to go to the theater, you can get your ticket and watch it at home, or or watch it through you know virtual reality and have a virtual reality experience where you put your goggles on and you purchase a seat and you're sitting in the movie theater the same way you know a normal person would be but you're just doing it from your couch wearing your virtual reality goggles and you're experiencing the movie the same way they are just from the comfort of your own home i think we're going to get a lot of variations like you i don't yeah. think that the theater is going to completely go away but i think it's going to be become more of a more of like, I guess the words would be special occasion than special what, occasion or luxury, something like that. Yeah, right, right, and especially you know with the idea of you know social distancing and people not mm-hmm. really being comfortable convening into theaters for quite some time. I mean, I mean if they're if they're creative about it, they can still make money off of theaters, and they could could buy in, by integration. And, you know, yeah, it's not going to be as big as it was, but at the same time, it doesn't have to die completely, which I, which, I, which I agree with you. I don't think it'll ever die completely, but I think as far as getting content, we're, as consumers, we're going to have so many, we have so many options, and we're going to have, continue to have so many options to be able to get new first-run content that I don't think that it, you know, that, uh, that the theater's, not being the force that they once were is going to be that big of a deal from a societal point of view. Right. No, I can definitely agree with that. And I mean, I mean there's always going to be people that love that movie theater experience. Like I always love movie theaters. You know, they're a fun thing to go to. Some of my best childhood memories are, you know, with my family going to movie theaters. Yes. Um, like we would drive two hours to this big city that we were kind of close to 
just to like, you know, have a day at the mall and eat a Taco Bell and then at the end of the day go watch a movie in the theaters and then drive home two hours. And so that that'll always be something that a lot of people cling to. But you're totally right. There's a whole lot of different possibilities with like, you know, you talk about that virtual reality goggle thing. I hadn't heard of that theater experience in that way. That sounds freaking fantastic. And now I want to be rich enough to get some virtual reality goggles. So but uh, you know, there's there's options, you know, there's different things and it makes you um I would recommend, I I would not to cut you off, but I would recommend if you want to get into virtual reality, low level, I would recommend buying the uh, Gear VR, which is the first uh, VR headset that, uh, you know, Oculus and Samsung put out. Uh, You know, it's, it's very, very cheap on Amazon right now. And how it works is you put your smartphone inside of the headset. There's Ooh. a spot where you put your start and then you put your put the goggles over your 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 face and you have you know and you have the you know for all your apps and stuff. It's great just for the theatrical element alone. I mean, it's it's a wonderful experience and and they're cheap right now. I think I think they're on Amazon right now for as low as twenty dollars. So wow. it's not so they're not they're not very very expensive but it but that's if you want if you want to you know if you want to get in there and get a taste of the experience because that's what I have and you know I put my little my little outdated phone cell phone in there and <laughs> and I'm able to have a, have a little theatrical experience I can't really watch a full movie through VR through that particular VR headset because it drains your battery Right. Quick, quickly when you're watching a movie, you really, you know, you can get through maybe maybe a little over an hour of, you know, of, of watching a movie. But then you have to come out of it and charge up your phone. So, so BBS can, is out of the question. Back. Oh, well, well, you just have to watch, but you just have to watch it in, you just have to watch it in chapters. Yeah. <laughs> well, I see. See, I, I, it's that's what I'm saying. It, it's kind of like you, you know, you just kind of go and you know, and I have, and I use this, and I like to use this one virtual reality app. Uh, it's called it's called Cinema Something. I'm not quite sure, but it's an actual live theater app where you can actually broadcast your own content and have you know other people who are who are on the app at the same time can actually get a pick a seat and actually sit in there and watch the movie with you and you can have that theatrical experience. Right. Which so it's it's cool. really really <laughs> cool. But so I would I mean I would highly recommend it out there to anybody interested in the, you know, theatrical experience to definitely, you know, to that wants to try out VR. That's a, you know, a rather inexpensive way of doing it and you can and and you won't regret it. It's it's a lot of fun. It definitely is. This became uh, an advertisement for virtual reality. For a limited time only, get yourself some virtual reality goggles on Oculus and Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For just nineteen ninety nine, and you can and you can get yourself right in there. It's definitely fantastic. Now, and if you I, put in the code Zod Z O D. Speaking of which, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Speaking of which, because I because I do have to give I do have to give a shout out to the sponsor for tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show, which is Buttersoft Moisture over on Etsy. Buttersoft Moisture they do a lot of wonderful uh, skincare products and hair products and all that kind of great stuff. And if you did, and again, if you do put in the code Zod. You will receive 
the code is actually Zod10. If you put in the code Zod10 at checkout on Etsy, you will receive 10% off your order. So there you go. I, I had to go in there and, and throw that in. That was perfect. It was like you, how did like, I know that? It was, like, it was like it was like you were it was like you were reading my mind when you said that. I'm like, oh my god. This, see, this is exactly why. See, I, honestly, man, I I I think I think I think you are awesome. I, I can't say that enough. Like like you and I were like we're like sitting here. We were have been having this great conversation for two hours, and I was trying to figure out where I where I was gonna. The, you know, dump in my sponsor, you know, my little sponsor bit that I do every show. And, uh, and I mean, you just, you just led right into it. It was perfect. I'm like, oh yeah, well, we'll go ahead and do that. So yeah, that, that turned out great. So, well, I'm here so, to make everything easier on everybody. So you're welcome. Well, you, you, well, yeah, you're definitely making things easy. And now, and since, and so now, you know, we're getting, we're getting towards the end of the show. So I think, I think today, I think what we should do now is we should kind of transition a little bit into, into talking about the fact that you and I have a collaborative project coming up that we can tell everybody about, right? We yes, could speak absolutely. we could speak we could speak a little bit about that. So I you know, I you know, I'm I'm so I'm so excited about this. And and this is something we all just kinda we all just kinda came up with on the fly, right? Yeah. Like we, we had a, a show last night. I think it was last night. It's hard to keep track of the days. But uh we had a show yeah, last night. Yeah, it was and, last uh, it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's it's hard to keep track. But uh, you know, with me, Nerdy Many Ways, uh Ryan from Zebrafet, you know, Zod right here, jo- or, uh, sorry, um uh Joseph. Uh and we also have uh Sil Abdul and you know, we all come together, you know, we've tried to come together about once a week for the past couple weeks and uh um, and we, you know, just talk about things, talk about things nerdy, you know, most of the time it's about DCU because that's the exciting thing going on right now in movies because I mean, nothing much else is happening right now. Um, and so we've been talking about that and we decided we're going to start a show called four nerds because there's four of us and we're all nerdy. It makes sense, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, we were saying for like mo- every Monday at like, what do we say? Like seven, seven thirty is what we're going to try to do seven or seven thirty. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. That'll yeah. work out. That'll work out fantastic. I, you know, and and I, I just I, I've been so excited because then you because then you you created this this great art graphic with all four <laughs> of us, and it, it's so awesome that I had I, I will I have to tell you I was so excited about this and I love this so much that I changed my <laughs> desktop wallpaper that I have not changed I have not changed my desktop wallpaper on my computer. In close to eight years. <laughs> okay, awesome. I've had I've had this piece of artwork from one of my favorite anime and manga artists uh, uh, for from an anime uh, manga that I love so much called Fist of the North Star, and it's a mm. picture of Kenshiro from from Fist of the North Star holding his fiance, his his unconscious fiance carrying his unconscious fiance in a beautiful red dress Uria through this post apocalyptic wasteland with with buildings just laid waste and he's just carrying his fiance in his arms to safety and it's a beautiful piece of black and white manga artwork the only color in the artwork is the red dress that his fiance Uria is wearing and i had this piece of artwork on my, you know, as my desktop wallpaper 
for this entire time. And I, I, I never take it off because it just, <laughs> it's a piece of artwork that just, you know, that I'm just, I'm captivated by every time I see it. I absolutely love it. And, uh, and, uh, it was actually used, uh, later on for, uh, the, the fist of the North star, uh, PS4 game that came out in 2018 mm-hmm. called, uh, uh, Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise and the artwork was actually used uh, to commemorate that and so I've had that artwork up for a <laughs> long long time and I have not changed it but when you did your you know the artwork design you came up with for us four nerds I had no problem changing it that's how excited I am about this show. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Four nerds is here, man. We're about to, we're about to take over. We're about to take over the internet. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, so that I'm so, so I was, so, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm like super hyped and excited about it. And, you know, you know, and, and it couldn't be, it couldn't be a more, you know, a more positive group of people. I oh mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ryan, like, you know, that guy cracks me up like there's no tomorrow. I mean, that guy just has this off-the-hand comments. You know, he reminds me of Chandler from Friends. You know, he always has something that just cracks me oh, up. Oh, yeah, he is and He then, is hilarious. Yeah. And, and then they and have then, Sill. You know, Sill just cracks me up as well. Good guy. He was actually uh, on the episode of um, uh, Snyder Cut Roundtables with me on episode four where I hosted. And so since then, we've been collaborating back and forth. I've gone on a couple live streams and, you know. And so it, it's a very fun group of guys that I think, like you said, Zod, uh, Joseph, that it's going to be a fun, very fun time every week to be able to just sit down and discuss these things. And uh, it was actually funny. After I got done making that logo last night, I uh, went upstairs. My wife was getting ready for bed. And uh, and I was like, you know, I just – me and my friends just set up a show for every week. She's like, oh, you have a little show. That's fun with your friends. Have fun with that. <laughs> it's like, thanks. I know you care. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, it's beautiful though. I, I I I look I looked at it and I, I thought it and it's so and you know this is how I know that we are at like 2016 levels of hype because I'm <laughs> because I'm sitting here like thinking about thinking about all that and then I'm like all that positive excitement and energy that I have towards what's coming, you know. You know, and then and then to see, you know, and then to think about, you know, four nerds, and just to think about it as as our own little thing, and be like, wow, this is going to be awesome! Like, like (laughs) you know, all that it's all coming in there, and it's just like it all developed out of nowhere, and it's I feel I, I feel I feel so great about that, but that just goes to show again the power of the Snyder Cut movement. Yes. All of these great people that we've met, all of the, the the friendships that have been forged as a result of of this of this worldwide phenomenon of people coming together with a singular goal to achieve you know to achieve justice for this man's vision, and it's just so it's just so beautiful when you look at it from a perspective of of people from all walks of life who probably never would have known each other otherwise. Right, exactly. Like again, you know, meeting that one guy from Portugal, and you know, all these different people that I've met. Uh, you know, you, Joseph. You know, uh, Sil Abdul and and Ryan. Like everybody from all parts of the, the United States, and you know, people that I probably would have never been able to encounter otherwise. And that's what it's all about. When you can have opportunities to interact with others in such a positive way, you have to accept it because nowadays those opportunities are becoming more slim and slim. And, you know, again, as as is pos- uh, positivity in the world, you know, you got got to keep on that as long as you can because 
positivity and you know trying to you know create bridges like that is what's going to keep people together in the long run and so i think it's just a beautiful thing like you said oh yeah it's gonna and not only is it gonna keep people together but it's gonna change the world for the better too because these positive bridges that we are building are gonna be cohesive and they're gonna last so so it's like when and so it's like when we think about all walks of life and all the people in different areas different states different countries coming together for this kind of thing and 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 we can all talk and communicate and be together on the internet. And, you know, if we can't be together physically together in, in groups as people, we can be together like this. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, you know, for all the negativity that exists in the Twitter sphere and on the internet, you know, there's so many beautiful, positive things that still come out of it all. It, it just, right. it, it really, I, I really feel like, you know, it does kind of balance the scales a bit. You know, yeah. because you do get because for all the negativity you get, you can see the you can see the little pockets of positivity that pop up there. The, you can see the beacon, the beacon of hope, that light, that Superman light that Zack Snyder is trying to shine down upon all of us. And I think it's a, I just think it's it's so it's so wonderful, and it's one of the main reasons that in spite of all the negative and craziness that we're dealing with in the world today through the pandemic and everything else. We at least can look at, we can at least look at these little things and be grateful and thankful and feel blessed for these types of moments and these types of things and all these friendships and things that have that have, that have been birthed from fighting for a positive cause. I mean, it's 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 fantastic. I'm you know I I couldn't I, I couldn't be more excited, but I really did. I, I mean I really did feel like a kid again. And then when I saw your you know your the artwork you came up with, I was like, oh my god, this is so great! I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna just stay with like because that's all, the first the first thing that the first thing that popped into my mind was oh, we could do we could do a t-shirt. Oh. We could have, we could do this. We could do this. I started getting all these, like all these creative, all these creative things just started coming to my head right away. And then when you asked in the Twitter chat, you had asked about if anybody had any ideas and I had so many ideas that I couldn't type. (laughs) And I I was just like, and then when, and then when uh, Syl Abdul was like, well, you know, you're, you're the, you know, you're the creative one or something. He said something like that. (laughs) And I was just like, I was just like, well, no, I mean, you know, there's a lot of a lot a lot of things we can do. I mean, there's going to be a lot you can do, especially when you when you commit to a, you know, you know, you can commit to something like that on a weekly level, and yeah. you you know, and you decide, well, this is what you're going to do because we're never going to run out of things to talk about. It's not like you you can't do something like that and have you know and talk about everything. I mean, it's 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 just there's so much going on in in terms of. In terms of, the, of of these types of topics, and <laughs> just every day, it's something. It's something new, hour by hour, minute by minute. Yeah. You know. So I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you just look at the people on our panel. Like you know, you nobody can get us to shut up. You know, <laughs> that's a good oh, thing. Oh, oh, for uh, for exactly. Uh, I mean, and well, like yesterday when we when we were talking with we were talking with Victor Koo, the mighty Pegasus. That yeah. man, that man is another one, you know, salt of the earth. He came on yesterday and it was just like, he was really, you know, I, I love that guy. He's so, he's so humble. He's a fantastic artist and he just, you know, 
I don't know. I I, I don't. I, 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 this is why I when I when I see a lot all this stuff that all this negative stuff that's geared towards the Snyder Cut movement, I just shake my head because I'm like, I've met very few people. I can count on one hand the amount of people that have really rubbed me the wrong way in terms of the Snyder Cut movement this entire time. The vast majority of the people that I've met, I've met and you know consider to be friends and family and i don't have any issues with any of them it's like i I find it i find it in i find it intriguing that we you know you get people talking about it who know nothing about it and judge it based solely off of you know the trollish tweets of certain people it's it's insane to me you know i i just you know, a lot of people try to take something good and make it into a negative, and it's it, it's sad. But again, like you <laughs> said, like uh, most of my experiences, I've I've had positive experiences with it. Like, you know, I I'm not gonna lie to people. I w- I'm not like an OG like release a Snyder Cup movement like member or anything. I've always been supportive from the beginning. I've barely, you know, I've gotten into the movement more in the past year because you know YouTube and everything and oh, yeah. more involved. But the yeah, people yeah. I've met along the way, like you know, Fatal J and uh, Film oh, Gob and Oh, All absolutely. these different guys, and, you know, such great people to get to know. And, of course, movies that matter with the Vikings, Strong Arm Flicks, Jeffrey Warfield. I mean, subjective reviews, all these guys who, um, you know, for me, accepted me into this group of people who have one common goal and one common interest, even though we're all totally different people with totally different perspectives and totally different, uh, you know, backgrounds. We still have this opportunity to, uh, you know, interact with each other and, again, you know, some of these people are very far away from where I live, and I would never have been able to interact with them in that sense. And so, or no, if it weren't for this movement, not. right? I agree, and, and you know, I mean, and 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 for me, you know, I I feel I feel the same way that you do in terms of the positivity of it all, and you know, even even having been there from from the beginning, from when it all started, and like I said, I've met so many people too, and and then it's so funny to me how like I've met, you know, there's been people that. You know, I, I've met along the way that I didn't know in the beginning that I know now that I'm just like, I'm just like enamored, you know, like, like you and the two other great people that we're, that we're going to be doing four nerds with. I mean, it's just yeah. fantastic. You know, Ryan and Syl Abdul, we, listen, we, this is what it's all about, though. If you can have good, positive things to continue to spawn from this. In the mm-hmm. face of uh, in the face of all the negativity and stuff, you're doing something right, and that's right. and that's and that's just the truth of it all. No matter how negative certain certain people will try to spin the movement, it's because they're ignorant and they don't know. It's because they aren't involved. They're not there. They don't get to see it. They don't see the whole picture. Not because they can't see the whole picture, but it's because they don't want to see the whole picture. They right. don't care to see the whole picture because it's not their thing. But I will say this. If it was something that they loved and that they were passionate enough to care about to do what we do, then they would see it and then they would understand. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Um, you know, when I first started my YouTube channel, well, I, I started a YouTube channel over a year ago, which, you know, that e- email account got hacked and I had to start over, and that's where I'm at now. Um, but I remember when I first started that, I was like, you know what? When I talk about movies, I want to be a, a movie rev- uh, review channel that, you know, defends movies that I think are wrongfully bashed on. 
And, you know, of course, you know, Zack Snyder was kind of in my mind, but there's a lot of the movies too. But then as I got more and more involved in the movement, I'm just like, you know, this fits exactly what I wanted to do. You know, these movies are so bashed unfairly and I want to like defend these things, you know, like for example, I also defend movies like the amazing Spider-Man films. I love those films and I'll defend them, you know, till I die and things like that. And so it's like, you know, it, this movie just co-aligns so well with what I initially wanted to do with, you know, my channel and the way that I approach things in entertainment. And it, it was basically a match made in heaven. And so that's why it's been such an easy transition into this movement to be a part of it and meet so many different peoples because, you know, it's, it's what I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to be part of something positive. Now, you recently uh, did, a, did a review where you talked about the, uh, the old Christopher Reeve movie from the 1980s, Somewhere in Time. Yes. And, and I, I will say that some, to me, Somewhere in Time is an absolutely beautiful movie. Oh yes, I can, I can understand where you know some people would have their issues with it. I had somebody somebody who had referred it said, "Well, you know, uh, you know, Jane Seymour was great in it, but you know, Christopher Reeve was kind of wooden in it, but you know, but it was still a good movie." And I'm like, I'm like, no, I think I think I think <laughs> the movie I think the movie as a whole. Speaking of just you know defending movies that tend to get dumped on. And yeah. I and I you know and I was it was just nice to see you you know to see you uh, you know handle somewhere in time because somewhere in time is to me it's a it's a it's a to me it's a classic I, I you know when oh, I yeah. watch it when I watch it I get a lot out of it it's another one of those movies that it really makes you think especially if you've ever been in in your life if you've ever experienced. A, a great love that means means something to you more than anything in the world. You will understand right. that that movie wholeheartedly. Exactly, it's one of the very few movies. Like I, I I've been called Tin Man several times by many people that know me when I watch movies because there's it. T- it's very hard for some movies to get me emotional. You know, it's very hard for that to happen. But when it comes to somewhere in time, every time I hear that piano music and I think of a oh, penny from 1979, oh, I'm just like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it is. It is a very emotional, emotional uh, experience. And that soundtrack is, is just brilliant. But, you know, I, I – you know what? I fully expect to cry during the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I'm, I'm, fully, <laughs> I'm, fully aware, I'm fully aware that my emotions are going to get the better of me during that time too. <laughs> Because yeah, that, because, yeah, there's there's just no way that it, you know, you, you know, the the experience, the catharsis of finally being able to see it, of it finally being there, it's just gonna, it's gonna be one of those things where it's like, okay, you that's know, the review I'm looking most forward to. I'm, I, I've already oh. imagined it right now. I'm gonna make my introduction be something along the lines of, you know, the fact that we can actually review this thing is freaking amazing. You know, that's what I'm gonna start off with. I'm right. Just gonna like, regardless of how you, yeah. uh, regardless of how we end up feeling about the content itself, just the fact that it's there and we're seeing it, and it's something that we can, we where we something where we can express ourselves about it one way or the other is just fascinating. Just shows you yeah. that we're living on an alternative Earth. But that's another. But that's another <laughs> show altogether. You know, I, we I'm gonna. I want. We we need to go ahead and wrap things up here because there's another show going to be hitting PSN radio at the top of the hour. But yeah, you've been listening to the Zod Ryder show on PSN-radio.com. I'm Zod Ryder, a.k.a. Joseph. And I want to thank my good friend Dawson 
nerdy in many ways for being here today. This is this has been fantastic. This has been the quickest two hours. I think I've <laughs> I've I think this has been one of the quickest two hours I think I've ever experienced on the Zod Rider show. It's been such a pleasure having you here, man. Well, it's been great being here. And before I go, is there, I have to give a couple of shout outs real quick. Absolutely. I was just going to say, see, again, you know, Dawson, you're reading, you're reading my mind. You're getting ahead of me. I'm like, I was going to, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, would you know, would you like to give some shout outs and tell people where they could find you? And you just kind of, <laughs> I, I that, people thunder. I, I know I do. No, that. it's, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect though. It's beautiful. I, I love it. Get, get, carry on. <laughs> Awesome, thank you. So um, I want to give a shout out to my brother Brigham from Briggs Comics. He's another YouTuber. He inspired me to start my own channel, so you can check him out on YouTube. Uh, my channel's nerdy in many ways. You can find it, of course, on YouTube. Uh, on Twitter, I am at NIMW32, and you can follow me there. Uh, a couple other uh, shout outs. Owners Film Reviews, another great young YouTuber. He's been a great supporter of my channel from the beginning. You know, I got a lot of different great supporters like uh, Dark Claw. I also got Super Robbie. A uh, bunch of different people that I really appreciate being my uh, supporters. And also I want to give a shout-out to my good friend Keshawn Cottle from the podcast that's called the Sorry to Bother You podcast. He does a great job of being a, a great sports podcaster over in in Europe. Uh, he's a great friend of mine from my early years in college. Uh, so if you guys are into sports and commentary like that, be sure to check it out. Again, it's the Sorry to Bother You podcast. And uh, again, Joseph, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. And I just want to give uh, you know give a shout out to our, our good friends who are going to be joining us on yes. uh, Four Nerds. I want to uh, you know uh, Sil Abdul and Ryan. Looking forward to it, bros. This is going to be this is going to be amazing. I, it's going to be lit. <laughs> I ha- I have to say you know hashtag Four Nerds. It's gonna it's gonna be something. I mean I- I'm telling you. From the birth of it, where we are now, to where to where we're going to be, you know, five years from now, it's going to be off the hook for real. I'm so stoked. So I, I'm, stoked. I'm, 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 I'm I'm there. I can already picture it. I'm seeing it develop in my in my head right now as we speak. So <laughs> so uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, end tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening once again. I want to thank you, Dawson, for being here, and we will see you. Next week, you've been listening to psn-radio.com. Stay safe, everybody. Good night.